1: cancel too soon the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less my name is william bibiani i am a film critic for bloody disgusting and the rap hmm. maybe some other places that i'm forgetting i no longer remember
0: anyway everyone calls me bibs <laughs> i'm just writing and writing and sending emails i've stopped pitching i don't know about you uh my name is whitney seibold i write for i've uh bloody disgusting once hmm. i write for ign occasionally hmm. I wrote for TV Guide recently, just accumulating bylines here and there as I get
1: them. It's nice. Uh, And uh, this is a very exciting month here at Cancel Too Soon because we are finally beginning our annual tradition called Suddenly Last Season. That uh, every year... A huge slew of shows just
0: falls off the face of the earth after one season mm-hmm. or less.
1: Tons of shows premiere; mm-hmm. only a handful of them tend to last more than another mm-hmm. season, maybe two. After that, mm-hmm. uh, now, uh,
0: this year was kind of a uh, you know we had the the lion's share of canceled shows. Oh, just all yeah. oh, there was a lot to choose from, and next year is going to be really interesting because uh, somebody counted and counting all of the shows uh, on streaming and on network TV, everything. Just this month, November 2019, mm-hmm. 65 new TV series are premiering. I think that's the most in history.
1: Now, a lot of that is because there are multiple streaming services that are debuting this month. Like yeah, Ap- Apple and Disney are both premiering. So they have a whole slate of programming that they're debuting right now. But, um, yeah, I, listen, we're never going to run out of material. But in order to stay fresh and in order to stay kind of up to date, we like to look at where we just were. Mm. At least once a year and just take a month dedicated to nothing but shows that were canceled uh, within the last season. Sometimes that might be really late 2018. Sometimes it's canceled as recently as a couple of months ago. Uh, And we're going to kick off with a show that when it was canceled, you would think that like someone had like... Like, like taking a whiz on everyone's carpet. Like, like everyone like was bet, furious
0: like, about this. Yeah, like, like Betty White had been fired for being too nice. You know, yeah. like just everyone was... An out, outraged. Terribly outraged about and this And with good show.
1: cause, because we're about to talk about one of the most acclaimed animated series, and even sitcom series and cartoon and uh, uh, comedy series, of the last several years, and a show, which I have been upfront about this, and might as well tell you right now, about which I am an enormous fan. mm mm-hmm. We are about to talk about, on the very first episode of Suddenly Last Season for this month, a little show called Tuca and Birdie.
0: Let's just jump right into it. It's like whatever, you know.
1: <clears throat> You're about to get Tuca. Ah!
0: Tuca? Tuca? Tuca! Oh, yeah. I miss you! Ah! Birdie? Birdie! Ah! Birdie! You're
1: my best friend. You're smart. out! And get sober. Wearing an article of clothing that's impossible to pee in. I just pull it to the side. Ooh. So, this is my new pet. You've got a jaguar? Are you crazy? Damn it, jaguar!
0: Tuca and Bertie are birds. Yes. Uh, this is a show created, and I, I do have to say this up front, this is uh, show was created by Lisa Hanawalt, who I know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're we friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to work together. Uh, I used to walk her dog. I fed mm-hmm. pills to her cat. Are you still close? Us. No. That's right. Uh, she, it's been a she, while. She she got big and moved to New York and left all us LA people behind. Mm-hmm. The, no, important, um, the important thing is you uh, don't
1: feel like you can't speak honestly about her I, work.
0: I can speak honestly about her work. And, and you know, I'm, I'd am i be honest with her. If I thought her show was a piece of crap, I'd say it to her face. Right. So I'm, I'm not shy about saying the things I like and dislike about this show. It turns out I really love this show.
1: It's a really good <laughs> um, show. I,
0: I had seen some of it when it first debuted on Netflix last year. Um, it debuted in, let me look up the st- uh, it stats debuted, on uh, that.
1: May 3rd, 2019. Very recently. Yeah,
0: so a couple months ago it debuted and I saw a, a couple episodes and I liked it, but you know, just life got in the way. I was it's, not able to steamroll through TV the way so many people do.
1: It's on Netflix, um, so they, review, they released all the episodes all at once. There are mm-hmm. 10. They're a little under a half hour each. You can burn through this in an yeah. afternoon uh, very mm. easily, but you might want to spread it out a bit because as wild and silly as this show is, not unlike BoJack Horseman, a show on which Lisa Walt worked for many years as a production designer and producer, mm. um, it's dense, it is full of rich, weird jokes, and it gets mm. you right in the gut, emotionally. Well, Sometimes... It- Completely by surprise. When the show
0: reveals what it's been about the whole time, you realize how carefully the groundwork had been set this entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a weird thing to say about a show that is this fucking weird. Um, and and God bless Lisa Hanawalt for her, her wonderfully strange imagination. Uh, and Birdie takes place in a world of anthropomorphic animals, mostly birds, but mm-hmm. some others as well. Uh, and it's drawn in her style, which is to say everything's really vibrant. Some things are animals. People have plants for heads. It is this kind of dreamscape yeah, it's of not, a place. It,
1: it looks, like at a glance, mm-hmm. a bit like Bojack Horseman, which is basically the real world, but there are some odd differences, and all the people are animals. Tuga and Bertie is really maximizing the potential of animation. Yeah, Bojack is supposed to be sort of recognizable as the real world. Tug and Birdie is not it, mm. the the reality of it comes from the characters and the truth behind their emotional experiences. The actual world in which they live is incredibly broad, and they interact with that in a way that you kind of aren't necessarily familiar with unless you go all the way back to something like Steamboat Willie. I was like, going to say Crazy Cat or yeah. or, or, um, or like the Windsor McKay stuff. The original like cartoon shorts that maximize the potential of what animation could be and how outside the norm and how bizarre and surreal animation could be, Mm. um, feels very much alive and well in the world of Tuca and Bertie. There are scenes where, uh, they'll be like driving along in a car and then they fly off of a freeway and Mm. they scream and you can see the word, ah, but then Mm. they can ride along the, ah, (laughs) until they're back back Mm. safe on a freeway. Every frame of the show is alive in a way that, frankly, most theatrical animation doesn't do anymore.
0: It's true, and this comes from a a place of great authenticity, I sense. Um, This is... I've known Lisa Hanawalt for a long time. I've seen her, like I saw her kind of work up to her
1: mm-hmm. success. Which and she was, really was a, kind she of was operating. She did comics. She yeah. did. I think she did a kids book as well. She'd been working in the industry as an artist for a very long time.
0: Yeah, and uh, so I got to see her kind of like work through a lot of that. I got to see
1: a lot of her early sketches. It was very exciting. Was and cool. um, did you see any of because uh, uh, Tuck and Birdie was based off of I think an online comic strip she did. Did you see any of that? Uh, some of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um, but uh, yeah. She has always had a certain set of interests in her artwork. I, I don't want to talk about her personally, but... Um, yeah. But
1: you can look at it through... You can look uh, yeah, at I someone's look work s- and see what so they're interested uh, in.
0: Uh, yeah, you can see and like the kinds of things she likes to draw, the kinds of themes she's exploring. And you see this coming straight out of her brain. And you can tell, just looking at Tuca and Birdie for a minute, that it comes from somebody who... M- Is doing this, is coming by this weirdness, honestly. Mm. Uh, I feel like I've seen a lot of shows where the weirdness is faked. Mm-hmm. And the weirdness
1: uh, is an affectation. The exactly, weirdness is condescending exactly. or um, or sarcastic in some you know, way. Like
0: uh, look at something like Family Guy. This is mm. you know it is kind of a surreal world because they have a family dog and the family dog walks upright and talks to them and nobody. And they just sort of accept that.
1: Yeah, everyone talks you to the know? dog and everything like that. Yeah, there's weirdness and, in and, there. Or,
0: or or you know like South Park. There's some weirdness in there, but a lot of it. Yeah, it does have this kind of uh, dark self awareness. Like they're trying to be weird as sort of like a shock tactic rather than as a way of expressing themselves
1: yeah like the like the the fact that brian the dog talks in family guy Mm. doesn't have anything to say about the family's connection with their dog or anything Mm. like that anything that's really genuine it's Mm. just weird that a dog is doing that now now, there are episodes where brian of course has a genuine emotional journey and there have been good episodes mm. of family guy about that but generally speaking it's a non-issue and it is not yeah, what the I, show is about
0: I think the, the joke was supposed to be at the beginning that the dog is like the most sophisticated member of the family he actually has like more sophisticated interests he expresses himself mm-hmm. much more much more sophisticated fashion but that kind of falls by the wayside that yeah. jo- joke doesn't play out throughout the rest of the series
1: yeah
0: um I bring up Family Guy just because it's such a good example of how to do so many things wrong. Yeah, Uh,
1: like there's so many jokes that some of them land. I'm not going to deny that, but... There's there's going to be at least
0: one good joke every episode. It's a
1: cynical and largely empty show. And I think it works better as a delivery system for hit-and-miss sketches than it is actually as a program.
0: and, And, you know, when you're... 20, 21 years old and you're just kind of out of college and that kind of shock humor and that kind of cynicism seems kind of novel to you, yeah. then that's a good delivery system
1: for cynicism. I remember when Family uh, Guy first came out. That's how it was responded. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I can't believe guy got away without a television. That uh, was kind of the whole appeal.
0: It's also very male. Um, yes. Yeah, Tukin Bertie is 100% female. It's not just created by a woman. Uh, it's not just starring two female characters. It comes from a very female ethos about... Uh, female anxieties and female friendships, and what I was thinking of a lot throughout watching T- Tuca and Birdie was Frances Ha.
1: Yeah, I was about, thinking that too. And yeah. about
0: how when you're 27 to 30 and your struggle to make it and move into adulthood in the modern world is like the scariest thing in the world because you finally have to knuckle under and do it. Your mm-hmm. struggle isn't cute anymore, mm-hmm. and how that can bring about a lot of stress and actually force you to reconcile with a lot of. Parts, pieces of your own character. I was,
1: I was thinking that too, especially mm. when I was watching the first couple of episodes about how this actually almost feels like a sequel to Francis Ha in some mm. ways. If you've never seen Francis Ha, excellent motion picture. Uh, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. She stars in. I think they co-directed that one, didn't they? Uh I, I or think they co-wrote it.
0: I, they co-wrote it. I think he's the credited director, but right. I think they did like kind of anyway. co-direct it.
1: Uh They, uh, yeah, but it's about uh, Greta Gerwig and her best friend, and they've been friends for forever, and they're just starting to move in different directions, and her friend's starting to be a bit more serious, but. Uh, Francis is interested in being you know still trying to pursue her dreams even if they're not practical or mm, they're not getting her anywhere and she's
0: couched, like d- d- very much not getting her anywhere and people mm. are starting to notice yeah
1: yeah it's it's starting to seem less like you're following your dreams and more like you're being immature mm. and the it's the movies about them growing apart and then realizing that although they are going to part, they can still be good friends and mm. well they, they have to sort of recontextualize their friendship in terms of adulthood now yeah in terms of making space for other people. I'm mm. moving in with a guy. All these kinds of things. Um, Tuca and Birdie takes place kind of after that journey. It's a uh, Tuca and, and Birdie. They're both birds. Mm. Uh, uh, Birdie is played by Ali Wong, and Tuca, who's the toucan, is played by Tiffany Haddish. Uh, they've been friends their whole lives, at least a really long time, mm. and they live together for a really long time. And when the first episode begins, Tuca has just moved out. So that Birdie can move in with her new boyfriend, mm-hmm. or relatively new boyfriend, I guess. Oh, is Speckle
0: name. is the character's name. Yeah,
1: Speckle, who is played by oh, I forgot. Oh, what's his name? He's Such a great actor too. Uh, he's very funny in this show. He's he's really great. Uh, Stephen Yu- Stephen Ewan. Stephen uh, Ewan, who is a wonderful actor. Um, mm-hmm. I particularly love him in the movie Mayhem. But a lot of people <laughs> know him. A lot of people know him from The Walking Dead. And apparently, he was excellent in The Burning, which I still haven't seen. Okay. Um. But uh, yeah, so she's moved in with her boyfriend, Speckle. Speckle is nice and sweet and funny and supportive and a bit of a
0: bit of a doormat. Well, he he, here's the thing. And this is, I think, where a lot of the the anxiety in the show, like from the characters come from within Mm -hmm. the show. He's boring. Mm -hmm. And when you're in your 20s, you think you're exciting. Yeah. No matter what you're doing, you think you're an exciting person because you're young and you're exploring and you're exploring these things for the new to- uh, for mm-hmm. the first time. If you've ever and- told
1: someone, hey, why are you staying in? It's Saturday night. Yeah, it's like- That's you trying to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and you know, that's that's, not, it might be, but like, that's you trying to be well, exciting. I, I, I don't want
0: to condescend too much to people in their 20s, but when you reach your 30s, you start getting a little embarrassed about a lot of the stuff you did in your 20s. And uh, well,
1: you just start realizing that it's okay to stay in and be boring. And that can be fun too.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you also might need to contend with the facts. And this is something that Bertie goes through that. You're just kind of a boring person. Mm-hmm. That's who you are. And it's okay to roll with that because that's the way to live a content life. Yeah. Something you, that you're you tried to, a
1: bunch of things and now you yeah, realize you
0: don't like them. Well, I don't want to do anything that would embarrass my 21-year-old year self. You should. That should be your aspiration. <laughs> your 21-year-old self, get this, mm. was 21 and didn't know a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think you know everything at 15. When you reach 21, you, you get a little bit more knowledge. You think you know everything at 21. It keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> you keep on growing and changing.
1: You're supposed to, anyway. You know I mean, it's supposed to get, so, get better. So, you socratic know,
0: wisdom. But yeah, um, uh, Speckle is an architect. And he's a dull guy.
1: Mm -hmm. Very sweet, very likable, but not excitable, not not, not going out to party. Not a very
0: passionate dude. And he gets excited by like organizing things. Yeah. And, uh, and Bertie is, who's friends with Tuca, who's kind of a free spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, doesn't really think about the future. Doesn't have a steady job. She just lives from gig to gig.
1: She's a recovering alcoholic.
0: Yeah. Recover. At the beginning of the series, she's decided to give up drinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, so she does not have her life together. Tuca doesn't have her life together. Uh, and she's trying to keep the party going, even though she realizes it's not really possible anymore. And that's going to come out and like affect her health later in the series. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, it seems like a lot of these are the easy setup for sitcom gags, but Tuka and Birdie gets to the truth behind them, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that makes the show great. When we open in the yeah, that's the first... what I like about it. it's really earnest. Yeah, like, from the start, it's like really all of earnest. these things that other shows would simply just stop at. Like, mm-hmm. oh, and she's a free spirit, like Dharma and Greg. Okay, there's way more to that. There's a lot going in there, <laughs> and we're gonna see like mm-hmm. Tuka's family and how this became the kind of person that she was. But but this is not like a a serious dramedy because it
0: takes place in this like surreal dream world. It's very funny. It's very funny. And I think uh, to compliment Lisa, uh, she did a wonderful job of making that surreal background an intensifier for the emotions rather than code to cover it.
1: Yeah. It's not like the, it's, you'll watch something like the Flintstones, Mm -hmm. you know, the first big primetime animated series. Um, and they were going for a honeymooners thing. It was a flat out ripoff of the honeymooners, but, um, the honeymooners was a somewhat earnest sitcom about working class, married life. Mm -hmm. The Flintstones would have a throwaway gag when oh the scene's kind of boring, then we can we can just use the fact that Wilma Flintstone is vacuuming with a baby woolly mammoth's mm. snout, as that's just the that's just a throwaway joke that doesn't mean anything. And then the it's a living yeah, another the thing the it's a living, and that's it. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. And there's a lot of jokes I think in Tuca and Birdie that are maybe silly for their own sake, but. There are so many jokes thrown throughout the background that a lot of them, you're right. Intensifier is a great way to put yeah. it. They show you the world that creates these situations. Yeah. And
0: and sometimes it is just totally surreal and doesn't connect to anything. What My favorite gag in the whole series was when Tuca's at the hospital uh-huh. and the doctor has to leave the room and says, I'm going to hook you up to this machine. Oh, yeah. and the machine will read everything that's wrong with you. Oh, it's so weird. And and the doctor leaves the room and the machine says in like this robot voice, okay, I'm going to read you. Is the doctor gone? Okay, good. You have to go save my wife. She's the lamp over in the corner. Go no save. <laughs> and it, it comes out of bloody nowhere. And Tuca's like completely off put by this guy. And, and the doctor walks in. Oh, shit. The doctor's coming back up. Your health is fine. And then they revisit that gag like in like a few background gags later oh, on. It's, it's so it's weird. The, like, I had to stop the series. I was I was laughing so hard at that one oh, bit. It's so so there's some bits that are just kind of surreal for their own sake, but I think the whole like dream world that takes place and like they sit at a table and the table has like a loop the loop. It's so fancy, this big fancy table that there's food upside down on it. That kind of thing I think goes to uh illustrate the scenario more mm. than just sort of be quote
1: random. Well, yeah, because yeah, you look like, oh how fancy is it? It's yeah. so fancy, your the... your mind can't even accept it. Yeah, it's and like that's something
0: upside down food. And
1: that's the possibility that we have in animation that mm. we don't always have that we very rarely have, sorry, in mm. live action and that a lot of animated storytellers because they're mm. typically working within studio systems that have very specific ideas about what kids want or what movies yeah, ta- will sell. It takes
0: a lot of money to make an animated film quickly. Yeah. And so that's why, uh, like, the Disney Corporation can make them, like, one a year. Those mm. things are in production for a couple of years, but if they've had, they've had like... Regular budget Yeah It would take a decade To make something like that
1: Exactly But um You know th- Because the possibilities Are literally infinite In animation It's frustrating When there are animated movies That feel really held back Like the recent Adams Family movie Comes to mind Yeah Where like yeah, yeah okay It wasn't the worst movie Of the year or nothing But they're hardly doing Anything they couldn't have done In live action mm. Like hardly anything In that movie Couldn't have been yeah. done In live action With a few minor CGI elements hmm that seems like kind of a waste to me. Like I yeah, want something I that like will make the most of what it is, and even more than BoJack Horseman, a brilliant show. <laughs> hmm. Tuca and Birdie is maximizing the potential yeah. of the media. Uh, we haven't even gotten into the basic story. So well, I was we, trying we, we, to. We, yeah, been, we, sorry, we
0: got off on these. So it's
1: because we like the show so much. Um, um, Tuca and yeah. Birdie have just. Birdie has just moved out. No, sorry, Tuka has just moved out. Tuka has just moved out. Uh, Speckle has just she moved, moved and in.
0: She moves into a nearby apartment. So the idea she of moves them, upstairs. The idea the upstairs apartment. And so in the fact, idea there's actually that, a
1: hole in their floor, and she can like call down to them and just be annoying, you know, whatever she wants.
0: The, the, yeah, sort of a play on the nosy neighbor, and the whole idea of them separating, going their separate ways, and trying to like trying this trial separation isn't going to work now because they still live next door.
1: Yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. not actually divided. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever been in a really intimate relationship and had a breakup positive or negative, and then still been forced to spend a lot of time with them, you realize it's not quite what you were getting at. Yeah, <laughs> you you wanted to leave. <laughs> um, so,, um, so yeah, the first episode uh, actually lays a lot of groundwork that will be important later. Uh, Bertie is The story is Bertie borrows a sugar
0: bowl Which goes uh, uh, Runs afoul And the sugar bowl itself Goes on many adventures It ends up in their Neighbor's apartment Their neighbor is A holistic medicine guru Who doesn't speak And whose head is a tree
1: Yep Uh, She's she's all a tree She's a plant
0: She's a plant Uh, There also is a trio of teenagers That are also plants
1: Yeah Uh, Uh, The bowl is not just any bowl It's like speckle's grandmother was in it or something like it's actually like
0: very important to speckle yeah it's a family
1: heirloom so and they just moved in together and birdie thinks that if she loses this or breaks this speckle will leave her forever and she has no self-confidence at this point she has a day job very successful day job she works at a magazine she's good at her job Mm -hmm. Um, she has other interests and ambitions, but she's not pursuing them. She is not living her life without fear. She is living her life very in timidly. Fact,
0: in fact, uh, yeah, Bertie is an incredibly anxious person. And I was a little afraid because I've seen the, the the anxious lead in so many movies and TV mm. shows. And usually when you see the anxious lead, it's just sort of an exploration of the neurosis that comes with it living in a city. Or, or, or worse,
1: or worse, um, it's something like, oh, you just need to suck it up.
0: Yeah, like, it's, it's mm. teaching a neurotic person to be strong. And you can, mm. you can do that. You can't can not just suck it up, but that's not useful advice. But it also implies um,
1: that there's something inherently wrong with being who you are in some cases. Mm-hmm. Like, I've lost track of how many movies and TV shows I've seen in which the protagonist or a key supporting character is an introvert. And there's nothing wrong with being an introvert. Mm-hmm. And the whole plot is about them learning not to be an introvert by going to a party. Like, well, that it, doesn't... Or, or, introvert's fine.
0: You just, there, well, there's two There's two ways of going about that. There's the introvert who's totally content to be alone, but then there's also the, the malcontented introvert who, like, wants to be an extrovert, and they learn to sort of balance their lives a little bit better, which I think is a different kind of story. I think it's a different kind of story. Um, I, think, I think it's rarely told I think, and
1: conveyed that way. But
0: I think Bertie, uh, in the first episode, it plays like, oh, she's just a uh, just neurotic. Like, we don't sort of get mm-hmm. into it. But right away, starting with the second episode, we actually start to learn a lot uh, about her pathology, her particular pathology, uh-huh. how deep it goes, and kind of where it starts to
1: stem from. Uh, the f- but before we finish, there's a really important plot point at the end of the first episode where oh, oh, her journey to get the bowl back... Mm-hmm. Leads her uh, to a baker. Leads her to a bakery. Mm-hmm. And uh, the baker is a snooty, uptight, you know, mm-hmm. a-hole who thinks really well of his own cooking and... Um, a handsome penguin. And he refuses to help her. Mm-hmm. And then Tuka, in her infinite wisdom, suggests a bake-off. Mm. And whoever does the best baking, Bertie or a professional banker, uh, baker... His name is Pastry Pete. Pastry Pete. Oh. Whichever one of them does the best baking will win, and she'll, Bertie's problems will be solved. Uh, they do it, and Bertie wins. And yeah, even the baker is just like, wow, you're mm-hmm. really good. And he offers her an apprenticeship, mm. which he doesn't take him up on yet. that's really important I (laughs) thought it was just gonna not be a thing Uh, it comes back really important later and goes in directions I did not expect yeah well and the the next episode we uh, see
0: that she is really she's good at her job but she's not happy there Because she's so timid, uh, she's really easily pushed around by the alpha men that she works with. And in fact, we get to see a pretty stark uh, example of how her ideas are just brazenly stolen right in front of her. Mm -hmm. Like she's in a meeting. Hey, how about we do this? And then the cocky cock, he is a rooster, literally, literally like repeats what she says just in a louder voice. And he gets all the credit.
1: Yep, we've we've all seen it. We've all heard it. I've never been a woman
0: in the workplace, but I've seen that happen to women in the workplace. Yeah. We Man. we got to put a stop to that, and we mm. need to speak
1: up whenever we see that happening. Also, hey hey, dickheads, don't do that. What the to hell, workers It's horrifying. Um, so she wants a she wants a promotion. She thinks she earns a promotion. There's a promotion available, uh, but this other guy is better at schmoozing and better at gaining attention for herself. And Tuka, who needs a job, she needs mm. to take care of herself, ends up getting uh, a temp gig at Bertie's office and decides to use her outgoing brazen charisma mm-hmm. and everyone suddenly responds to her in ways that they never responded to Bertie to help Bertie. yeah and show birdie uh you know how far she can come with you know a bit more spring in her step and with a support system of people who are actually looking out for her as opposed to trying to compete with her mm. and it turns out Bertie can succeed really well and she's really amazing and she gets that promotion and it's a good episode, actually. It's a it's just in a vacuum. Yeah, it's just an episode about friendship conquering. It's really funny, and yeah. But you're right; it does lay well, the groundwork, and it tells you a lot more it, about where Birdie's coming from.
0: Yeah, and Birdie, uh, it, it, she's not just she's not weak willed. No, she's call that. she's anxious, and we find that uh, a lot of her she's she not, has not of, she has a lot of social anxiety. A lot That's of social, social anxiety. She, she's um she's a lot of social anxiety. She, she has borderline agoraphobia in one episode where she just can't leave the apartment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: we yeah, So we start to see like how deep it's starting to go, the social anxiety. So it's not just sort of like sitcom neurosis. It's actually like a real exploration of the way anxiety functions and uh, how she's at ease with Tuka and she's at ease with Speckle for the most part. But uh, she's not at ease, A, with the rest of the world and specifically the men in her world. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll start to see how that plays out uh, in the next episode she is a little concerned that her relationship with Speckle is a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. She describes well, that like they have like really similar sexual encounters. This is a kind of an R-rated show, so it, it's, it's it very frank about uh, sex.
1: The third episode's called The Deli Guy, and it's mm-hmm. about tuka and Bertie both realizing that they're as they're growing, their relationships are changing and not always in ways that they like. Mm-hmm. Uh the Delhi guy of the title is a guy Who Tuka has a crush on and it turns Out that Tuka has not dated Since she was sober mm. and with Her she's not, not
0: gone on a date since
1: she's off the Booze and and with The the alcohol came Confidence and she didn't she would just throw Herself out there mm. and she would Succeed in getting laid a lot And it, it would happen and that, that's all She was after and she was also drunk so. but Now mm. she's actually going on a date with someone Sober and Bertie is kind of Pushing her like no, you can do this when, uh, she she realizes that she's not ready. Mm. She's not ready to date and have a serious relationship because she isn't comfortable in her skin mm-hmm. the way she is right now. And that's a tough lesson to learn. Uh, meanwhile, Birdie and Speckle are in a bit of a rut sexually. They moved in together. Things are starting to find a formula, find a rhythm. And she's worried that she's in a long-term relationship. Is this it? And so they they start having a conversation about how they can spice up their love life. mm -hmm. And it turns out it's complicated.
0: It's it's complicated because they're coming at sex from completely different angles. And that's not something you really discuss Mm -hmm. when you're having your first relationships as a teenager or in your 20s, even.
1: There's a bit I really like where uh, they talk about maybe playing around with some BDSM, some light. Mm. Uh uh Spanking and what so, have you. Yeah. Well uh, uh, uh power play. Mm. You know, where it's uh, speckle pl- oh, where, that's right, it's role playing. Yeah, right? where Speckle would be a bit more dominant she'd be uh more of a sub. And uh they don't really talk it out a lo- enough. That's a something that's actually really complicated. You need to set boundaries and safe words, and they kind of just jump into it and speckle. He doesn't take it, like, grotesquely far, but he takes it further than she's comfortable, mm-hmm. and it ruins the event. Yeah. It ruins the occasion. It ruins the sex. And then they start sharing And he's very
0: sympathetic about it. Oh, it's, yeah. He's it, not, they, like
1: cruel about it. He's, no, no, no. He's, yeah. He just he just he went in a direction she wasn't super comfortable with. And, um, and, and, he, it just and he's all the night.
0: he's also inexperienced. He doesn't know what direction he's supposed to take it in.
1: Yeah. So yeah. It's all very frank and all very yeah. fair. Um they end up uh bonding over Bertie's private love of a show called The Nests of Netherfield. Uh, it's it's like a, a it's, it's like Downton Abbey it's a, it's a costume drama. It's where like Downton Abbey yeah,
0: with no actual like well, first they they say, well, let's explore our sexuality what do you get off to yeah and speckles like oh well porn it's boring yeah it's like he, he's a little embarrassed because the bird in the porn is blue um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I that's forgot that, that was that was a bit of a bit like, was, i know she's was blue like, she, she's blue is that weird was like, no it's fine it's fine <laughs> uh but forgot then but then it's like okay well what, what about your erotic imagination Birdie? It's like well i'm all about this is this is my porn i have to watch the what is the nests of netherfield yep. and Old it's old-fashioned romance about, yeah, this, novel, this slow burn about people who don't touch, and they have all this smoldering romantic tension. At the very end of the series, after waiting an entire season, they peck lightly, and that's the big release Birdie has been waiting for. Yeah, and of course Speckles like, well, I don't get it, but mm-hmm. I uh,
1: he, he cares about her to, enough he'll to, do something. To, yeah,
0: to to his credit, he he thinks that this is we can explore it in that direction. And so he
1: ends up doing an elaborate role playing where he makes up their apartment to look more like the nests of Netherfield. And the fact that he was putting in the effort is what yeah. counted. Um, the next episode is called the sex bugs. And I, I love the sex bugs. I
0: golly. I love the sex. Okay. The sex bugs are, are pubic lice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tuca gets pubic lice. <laughs>
0: That's the plot of the episode. <laughs> and it's funny. And, and Tuka, we also learned has a great anxiety about doctors. And we'll learn about that later. But uh, it, it turns out she does. She doesn't want to go to a doctor to p- get, her lice looked at. So it just goes down to the pharmacy. Uh Bertie meanwhile is has a big presentation at work that she's putting off. She does yeah, She, doesn't she calls do in it. sick
1: to work. Yeah.
0: She calls in sick and she says, Well I can't go out because I I called in sick and it turns out she's so anxious about this presentation at work that it's now affecting everything. And she doesn't even want to leave the apartment. She's just got full-on agoraphobia. I've been so, there.
1: And, uh, I've been there. I've done that. I've cancelled things. I've been like, just, mm. my social anxiety, my own personal mm. anxiety is just, I am useless to the world and mm-hmm. I'm just going to be hermiting in here. I, there have been days, one of my worst years, there have been like, I would go like a, over a week without mm. even having the strength to like Face my mailbox mm. and like empty my mailbox because what if something bad is in there? Like, <laughs> you gotta I've, put I put off a little bit. I, yeah. I I I felt a lot for Birdie a lot oh, of the time in yeah. this show. Um, I've never been
0: afflicted with agoraphobia. I have I to say, have. but I understand it. I understand that impulse. Um, well, how, how do I get out of the house? I just leave the house depressed. It's that. It's <laughs> yeah. like a, I'm depressed here. I'm depressed outside. I'm still going to be depressed. I, I, at least I know uh,
1: what's going on in my house that's what it boils down to. I'm safe here or as I'm safe as I'm going to get. You're not going to be confronted
0: by something suddenly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bertie uh, is is really anxious. She doesn't even want to go down to the grocery store. There's just too many noises, too many people. Uh, She ends up building a fort in the drugstore. Uh, Tuca assures her that they're only going to spend a few minutes there, but she ends up going into the bathroom with... A big fistful of unguents and creams, and there's all these warning labels, don't mix the unguents and creams. She takes them into the bathroom, rubs them on her pubic lice, and it ends up mutating the pubic lice into man-sized sex orgy bug people.
1: Yeah big party animal bugs mm. start running amuck in the store Having, having and, orgies out in public And now uh, Bertie who didn't want to go out And definitely didn't want to get noticed Is now like on the news Because the place has been quarantined And they're sending in FBI agents To kill all the sex bugs Because there's a there's a big infestation But then it,
0: it turns out uh, Tuca and Bertie say Don't kill the sex bugs They have a right to live And they end up putting the sex bugs On trial in the <laughs> store Oh gosh it's so strange But again, this is exploring uh, her anxiety, her agoraphobia, and how um, this isn't so much a you-just-got-to-be-brave narrative, but it kind of is. Mm. It's about how she has those capabilities and she just needs to realize it at the right time.
1: Yeah. Birdie ends up being Mm. the lawyer in defending Mm. the sex bugs (laughs) and she does a really good job of it. And she's just like, okay, maybe I can handle Mm. my problems. But what she does is she doesn't go into work. She goes to pastry Pete and takes mm. him up in his apprenticeship because Mm. it turns out she actually is an excellent baker. She's
0: an excellent. Oh, and and it's really good. she, she She leaves the trial. She's suddenly enervated. She has energy. Her anxiety has melted away for the moment. And she charges down the street flips open the door of Pastry Pete, saying, I need that apprenticeship you offered me earlier. Well, okay, but I can only offer it to you in short bursts after your work hours. That's really convenient for me! (laughs) (laughs) She's she's trying to be so bold. That that actually works out really well. (laughs) Thank you! Thank you, that's really convenient.
1: (laughs) And so she ends up uh, taking on this apprenticeship with Pastry Pete. Um, the next episode splits everyone up a bit mm. uh, Tuca has to visit her aunt And Speckle actually joins her And Speckle mm. and, and Tuka haven't spent a lot of time together In this show That's something you'll notice if you listen to a lot of like commentary tracks For uh, TV shows A lot of times the producers will just say This sh- episode came about because we have these two main characters They never interact yeah, And we yeah. wanted them to interact And see what they're like alone together and it turns out that Tuca and Speckle actually took it along together. It's, mm. the, it would be so obvious and so typical if Tuca didn't get along with Bertie's boyfriend, mm. who moved in with her because Tuca moved out or vice Wh- versa. Which
0: would have been uh, like a lot more traditional yeah. and frankly kind of offensive sitcom plot. I always hate that. It's like, oh, and somebody moves. It's usually like a girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, moves in and the friends of the boyfriend are like just sort of look at her as like an invading harridan there's and, something and yeah there's, there's all, just a lot of misogyny underneath all there's like this that,
1: underlying but, uh uh what's what's the word i'm looking for here this this underlying um just negativity at hmm. the point of and the, and tug birdie has a lot of negativity it confronts the negativity but it's not really coming directly from the characters in terms of how, how they treat other people yeah and I really appreciate and respect that, and it's another thing that makes the show really, really likable, and it makes all the characters in it really, really likable. Um, so yeah, Tuca and uh, and Speckle go off to visit uh, Tuca's aunt Tallulah. Aunt Tallulah is uh, well F- funding Tuca's life. Yeah, she's been she's been mm. basically the reason why Tuca has been able to live her carefree life is because her aunt, who is also a fully functioning alcoholic, mm. uh, has been basically giving her money and also kind of lording it over to her like Mm. and to her credit she doesn't really she'll take the money because it's it's freely given and it's it's nice and she does Mm. need it but she flat out says you don't have to give me money i love you i just want to be with my family she's not close to the rest of her family yeah her aunt's all she's got um, and then,
0: yeah, we learn that her dad was absent when. And I think this is the episode where we learn that her dad was, uh, I think, died when she was very small or left mm-hmm. them when she was very small. Yeah. And she lived with her mom for a while, but then her mom passed away. Uh, and in fact, this is where we start to see what her anxiety about hospitals comes from. I yeah. guess we'll, we'll explore that later when she has to go to the hospital. Yeah, but it has uh, to do
1: with her mother. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, Also, Bertie uh, takes a women's empowerment seminar in this episode. She's walking along. She's feeling really good about herself. And then people, specifically men, start saying really terrible things to her. And she joins up with a lot of other characters who I think we've met a few of them before. Mm -hmm. And she starts coming into her own, coming into her power, being able to say more confident things. Mm -hmm. And then she goes and takes her first day of apprenticeship with Pastry Pete. And it turns out that Pastry Pete is creepy. Well, he, he's, a, he's a slave driver, and you see that in all the
0: cooking shows. Mm-hmm. It's just this really aggressive boss. and mm-hmm. it, it's He's, like, shoving like,
1: her head into, like, a yeah. bowl full of hot, like, whatever. Yeah, you well, have to smell this! Yeah. You have to understand what it's like! Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and,
0: and, and- in that moment, he like grabs her. He's actually like pushing her. Yeah, and and like holding her head really close to this hot thing. It's like this torture thing.
1: Yeah, and it's it comes mm. across as really really abusive. And she she says she has to go, and she goes to the bathroom. And you think she's going to like steady herself and mm. maybe say all the things she said in the Women's empowerment Cinema? and instead she masturbates. Yeah, because and, it turns out that that's kind of doing it for her right now. And at at
0: first it, at, at first glance, it looks like this is oh, this is like a weird new dimension to her psyche that we're exploring she actually has this sort of like unexplored bit of her sexuality well she's
1: mentioned earlier in that's in that episode with Speckle that she was thinking about exploring bdsm a little bit Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't completely out from out of nowhere but the show isn't done with this the show isn't done with this and this is where it leaves
0: you so it's like a little bit shocking and you could almost play that off as a joke Mm -hmm. it could be a gag it's like oh and it turns out this is going to be some sort of running gag. It turns out when she's near a hot thing, she gets turned on. We're going to have like sitcom scenarios about that. Mm -hmm. No, (laughs) you already know that the show is more sophisticated than that. So, um, uh, as, as we learn, uh, is the next episode, the one where, uh, uh, Tuka
1: gets sick. Uh, no, the next one is where Tuka gets a Jaguar. Uh, <laughs> oh right! <laughs> Tuka decides she's going to be responsible and get a pet, and so she buys a jaguar. A jaguar. <laughs> the jaguar is not an anthropomorphic jaguar, by the way. It's an actual it's, yeah. feral giant cat.
0: It's, it's a when, you know small because they're birds. I think they're supposed to be bird size. Like, is there? Uh, there's maybe one or two humans in this show. Not I don't think know. there are any humans. Right. No. Uh, the
1: they're, the they're scale all of animals. animals there's this weird joke that really stresses me out. Where there's, um, there's a subway, but it's actually a giant snake. Yeah, they climb inside the body of the giant snake. And it's all gooey in there. Yeah, they're climbing that around. That freaks in, me out so <laughs> much. <laughs> they're riding around in the guts of
0: a giant snake. That's something so gross about it. I, mean, I love it, but it's so gross. When it pulls up, it goes hiss.
1: Uh, no, the episode actually uh, really kicks off, though, when they decide, uh, because Speckle is interested in, in architecture, mm-hmm. they're going to go around town, going to all the various open houses of houses that are for sale, mm-hmm. and they're going to you know go it's fun you get to explore different spaces and everything like that they, you get, to they get architecture to, they get to but
0: fantasize about like houses that they could never live in
1: and they can pretend to be other people mm. and they get to take advantage of free snacks mm. and uh, it's pretty they, great until they, they actually find a
0: house that yeah. they like well the, the joke is they learn that realtors will tolerate all kinds of bad behavior if they think they're gonna make a sale yeah so yeah they just go in and, and make complete asses of themselves on purpose
1: right but then it all turns around when they find a house that they actually dig mm-hmm. that is maybe within their that may be affordable for them and they start thinking about actually owning a house, mm. but that, that, this it, starts it, to freak out Bertie. Well, first it freaks out Tuca. Yeah.
0: It's like, okay, well, we could move into this house, and, and Tuca's like, well, what? But What about me? I yeah, live, I'm live. i your neighbor. Where, I'm, where do I I'm go? Your, I'm your permanent third wheel. I can't just live in a house with you guys. This is like you literally cutting me out. Never mind that they live in different apartments. Right, But, they, but this is, this is a little bit more well, permanent. Look,
1: let's be honest here. Mm. You and I live in different apartments. We're very much a part of each other's lives because mm. we live what was it, like 50 yards away? Something like that. Like, it's inconvenient because there's a wall and we have to walk around the block, but there was a time when we lived at the same apartment complex where <laughs> doors were always open and you would just walk in and vice versa. <laughs> we were just part of each other's lives in yeah, that way. Yeah. It, was, it was comfortable. And then we moved and it's fine, but mm-hmm. like it's inchy squinching further away, you know? Uh, but yeah, Tuka gets freaked out by this at first and yeah, she
0: wants to, to prove that she too has adult responsibilities so she gets a Jaguar. But... uh
1: <laughs> I love what you take the jaguar to a bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was she going to do? No, she I... Was going to make the jaguar her heir or something? I'm trying to remember. I watched this one a while ago. <laughs> oh, was it something I'm like that? I'm trying to remember what the hell it was. Mm. It was so weird. Um, meanwhile, Birdie is working more with Pastry Pete, and she is starting to ignore Speckle's calls. Speckle is trying to make this deal happen with the mm. house, and she's just not answering him.
0: Hmm and he, she starts listening to the messages that he's been leaving all day and we get finally get the, his narrative at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. She's been working with Pastry Pete trying to lose herself, trying to ignore this responsibility that she clearly feels a lot of anxiety about because uh, she goes to a bank, she hears the phrase 30-year loan and she herself is 30. That's her whole life. Yeah. And 30 is a weird age in that you kind of have to give up being cool, essentially. Well, you have
1: to accept that you're not like, I mean, you're young in yeah. the grand scheme of things, but you're not like, you can't write off being young anymore. When exactly. you're 30, you can't say, what can I say? I was in my 20s. Mm. No, you're 30. You're responsible for making slightly better decisions for yourself. Mm. Well, and the idea, yeah, this
0: sort of Francis Ha thing comes back. The idea yeah. that you're sort of freewheeling and dreaming and living sort of like your your best young life is over when you sign a paper that says, okay, we need to make an actual commitment. We need to stay in one spot and that's that really freaking her out she doesn't want to talk to speckle about it and yeah so she ends up taking a lot more abuse than she should from pastry pete all day just to avoid
1: Mm -hmm.
0: talking to speckle and yeah when she listens to all the messages it's like call me back we can get this okay a little bit of time has passed other people have made these bids we need to make a counterbid okay now we have to make a higher counterbid can we still do this and then at the end end of her listening to all these messages we lost the house we didn't get it because i didn't hear from you
1: Oh, it kills me too. And you see, like Speckles just, went through she, a whole fucking journey today, yeah, and it was and really so hard we, for we him. We hear
0: his heartbreaking, and of course, it's just animation, but we see her heartbreaking as well. They
1: never Speckle. There are bad guys in the show; they're bad people. Whether there's mm. the the cock who works at uh, Bertie's office. Pastry Pete is increasingly revealed to be not a nice person, but I do like that Speckle is allowed to be a decent person. Mm. like he's not just like this thing that needs to be removed from Bertie's life so that she can be with Tuca Mm. Uh, they really do care about his character I think he's treated really 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 fairly and there's a speech he has later uh, after Bertie once again goes off and refuses to answer his calls that is totally fair Mm. (laughs) well she admits that it's fair when when
0: uh, from his perspective, no, but yeah, from her perspective, yeah, she's going through something actually very important. No, no, for so, me, uh, he's,
1: he's right, he's right, she's right, oh. he probably could have used a phone call yeah, to at least let him know that she's okay, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he has an argument there. They need to have a long, 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 long conversation. (laughs) And they're not having that conversation. Mm. And yeah, there's a lot going on. We're saying the the show acknowledges that Speckle isn't entirely wrong about everything. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think that's nice. Um, Mm. But it's more on Birdie's side. Although Birdie makes some tough choices again uh, in Yeast Week, episode seven, Mm. (laughs) where she goes off to a big bakery convention to debut a new... uh, uh, The Krunt. The Krunt. Uh, which is a cruller and a bunt. It's a, it's a croissant bunt cake. It's a croissant bunt cake. They're yeah, the, the, different
0: from the cronut.
1: Totally different. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's a big opportunity for Bertie to prove herself. Mm. Meanwhile, Tuka has a sudden sharp pain in her side. And she keeps trying to do all these home remedies to fix it. Mm. And Bertie is trying to nail this really complicated thing so that she can do the most important, she thinks the most important weekend of her life. And Bertie is very, very needy. And I'm oh, sorry. Tuca is very, very, very needy. needy yeah. And Bertie's basically just at the point where I'm done with... I, I can't deal with Tuka right now. Mm-hmm. But what... She picked the absolute wrong time to do it because it turns out Tuca actually needs to be in the hospital. It's a life-threatening situation. Mm. Ooh, those episodes always kill <laughs> me. It. it was like, ah, oh, I made the... It's like when you make the right choice at the wrong time, and this um, is the exact situation. This is the best you,
0: This is the best night of my life. Oh, no, but I have to care for my friend.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's not even that. It's like, that, you that, know, that, that, that drama. All the reasons why Bertie, like normally would, like, go along with everything Tuka is doing because she's worried about Tuka. Tuka has Mm. trouble taking care of herself. That's not a skill set she learned in a lot of ways. And Birdie thinks, if I'm not there for Tuka, she won't be all right. Mm. This is the situation she was worried about. Yeah. This is the day. Any other day, maybe Tuka would have been fine. Mm. Not today. Tuka ends up
0: ignoring it, and this is actually a plot point. She's been decided to make a living as, like, an online chat uh, sex cam girl, but it's like in a... Virtual chat room sort of scenario. It's like
1: The Sims, but when you meet someone in The Sims, you start having online sex with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's n- nothing on camera. It's like this weird virtual sex thing. It's, it's, I
1: feel like there's, a, sure in there's the a of I'm not sure if there's a real
0: thing like that in the wor- real uh, world, but yeah, it's like, like a weird lairy. But yeah, uh, she ends up uh, meeting like a real person, uh, like chatting with a real person online this way, mm. and he is the one who ends up en- ends up having to come to a rescue. And
1: he drives from, like a really long mm. distance to take care of her, mm. and he's it's, he's nice. It's,
0: uh, it's only seven hours away, so the first hour I'm like, is this the right decision? Yes. Second hour I'm like, this might be a little creepy. Third hour, yeah, this is definitely creepy. Fourth, fifth, and sixth hour, yeah, it was really really creepy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But good thing he got her to the hospital. Um, And just when uh, Birdie is about to reap the benefits of her great success... Mm -hmm. That's when she finally finds out how bad off Tuca is. And she yeah. has to uh, abandon and Pastry she... Pete. And Pastry Pete is like, well, she... yeah, really hammers it home and it's condescending to her. It's just like, well, if your friends are more important to you than success. No. Like, like a well, dick. The, the, she
0: essentially has been invited to the Algonquin Round Table mm-hmm. of, of pastry chefs. And this is like the biggest thing she's ever dreamed There's of. no higher honor. But at the same time, she just learned that her friend is in the hospital. And she decides to go to her friend. And Pastry Pete is like, well, you know what? this is on you. You're, you're blowing your career
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she's very torn, but she does the right thing. She goes to visit her friend who actually needs her help. Mm-hmm. And, but she's really angry about it because she's missing out on this thing that she's always dreamed of. She ends up cleaning up uh, Tuka's place, getting her home from the hospital. And that's when they have it out.
1: There is. Uh, yeah.
0: The, the argument they have where they just sort of start screaming at each other as finally kind of revealing the tension that they've always had in the, their relationship.
1: Yeah, we're, it just no lo- had an outlet. we're
0: no longer taking for granted. And th- again, this is like a ten episode series of 30 minute cartoons, mm-hmm. and we're already at the point where we're having it out. Yeah. Where we're not just sort of going to take for granted that there are sitcom types
1: that aren't that get along in a weird way. And we'll always be the same sitcom types and never gonna change. Yeah. Which is why it's really important um, as they're on the outs and in the next episode, mm. Bertie gets a new friend named Dakota. Mm. Dakota has moved to the big city, she dreams of being a pastry chef, and she ends up apprenticing under Pastry Pete as well. Mm. And this is where the whole series turns. And a lot of things that you thought, yeah. are we going to confront this Is well, this here's... subtext? is, Do you think this is funny? Mm. Here's where they clarify what was never cool. Mm. Because all of the things that Pastry Pete forced Tuca to do, and that Tuca or birdie sorry and forced birdie to do Mm. it. too good birdie (laughs) i always want to say but uh, all the things that he forced birdie to do and made her really uncomfortable would also kind of got her off uh he's doing to this other apprentice as well Mm. and she is having none of it Mm. she's horrified even though she was starting to perform a really close friendship with birdie when all is said and done birdie says oh he does that Mm. and she says and you didn't warn me? Like, the, the, you didn't protect me? You didn't say anything? And that's when Brady realizes, holy shit. The, the, this has actually been, like, and she
0: has admitted over the course of all of this that she's actually really attracted to Pastry Pete. And he's got, like, strong arms, and she likes, like, sort of that strength and overbearing mm-hmm. abuse that he's been giving her. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, In fact, it's, if, it's if you look when, at if you when, look at, like, her, like, sort of relationship with those, like, uh, you know those mm. old shows, those old like Fabio and like type romances. Yeah. About a lot of them are about really strong controlling men, like Jane Eyre. Mister mm. Rochester is not. <laughs> we oh. should not be aspiring yeah. to fall in love with Mister Rochester. Same,
0: same with Heathcliff
1: and Wuthering Heights. Yeah, like, exactly. Heath, Heathcliff is a
0: dickhead. Man. Yeah,
1: a lot of our romantic mm. ideals that we see in a lot of fiction are, uh, uh, are anything Catherine, but what
0: we right. would want. Mm. Yeah. So mm. like
1: she is like sort of conflated a sort of a a, a fantasy life with something that in reality Mm -hmm. is incredibly toxic and horrible. And when she sees it happening to someone else, all of a sudden she is forced to confront the fact that she's been blinded to something and she was Mm -hmm. a terrible friend. Yeah.
0: Here's what I love about Tuca and Birdie. And this may be because this was a show mainly run by women. Mm -hmm. It's sympathetic to all of the characters Nobody is a sitcom nobody's let off the hook for being just a sitcom type. Yeah. Even weird background unless they're like
1: I think pastry they, Pete is an well ultimate say, to be an uh, asshole. Unless but.
0: they're like out like do something outright villainous. Yeah. They are never treated as disposable side characters. Mm. Uh even like they run by like some uh, the, the the teenagers who just sort of like create like snark at them and say teenagery things. Yeah. Even occasionally they say, Oh, but they have, like, a little moment of connection between the two of them and a little throwaway gag. Yeah. I, I wish I could remember the example. I but can yeah. Remember,
1: yeah. There's so many gags, it's hard to remember them all in detail.
0: But, yeah, I think all of the characters are allowed to be fully rounded characters. And I feel like, again, to bring up the, the family guy parallel, those characters are all very broad. And they're all very broy. And I'm going to Family Guy for a reason because uh I can't think of a show that is more male than Family Guy. It's hard to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um
1: it just comes from The existence of, of Quagmire and the fact that he's considered funny.
0: Yeah, the sort that's of That's like, very male. Sort of, yeah, this like masturbating pervert who just like yeah. slimes all over every female character. And the fact
1: that that's that's not and, and horrifying that's that's, that's funny. That's just
0: comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it has a lot of just horrible misogynist attitudes. Uh, that, that sort of frat boy humor is—it's yeah. all incredibly male, and all of the characters uh, don't change. Now, I understand when you're going for a long-running sitcom, that's kind of the gag. I mean, how long has Bart Simpson been ten years old? Yeah, in animation
1: in particular, it's yeah. easy to let them stagnate because mm. they can. Yeah, you can't avoid that in like live-action sitcoms. But I feel grow like, and if, change if, you look, if you look at something
0: but... like *King of the Hill* or *The Simpsons*, which were created by men, uh, there at least is a little bit like lessons learned along the way
1: yeah a little bit
0: that you can't change the status quo because it's a sitcom especially it's an animated sitcom Mm -hmm. but the characters still occasionally like especially in Family Guy still fall back on like being sitcom types yeah the Simpsons only expanded because they were on for so damn long. They're still on. I know. It's like, what, what's the backstory of that drunk, that barfly that Homer's always talking to? What, Barney? Yeah, it turns out he's got a big backstory now. Why does Barney have a backstory? Because he was we a, run he out was of other dra- stuff. He was a drawing in the background. He wasn't a character. Yeah. But we were with him so much, now we have to start at, like, or when Otto gets, like, his own episode. Yeah. The, bu- the school bus driver. He's supposed to be, like, a walking gag.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Tuca and Bertie is sympathetic to everyone from the start. It's way too sensitive a show to let anybody fall by the wayside.
1: However, it's the not... The only fr-
0: people it's it's cruel to are the people who are insensitive to others. That's actually a good point.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also a good good time to point out that in this episode, while Tuca is trying to better herself, she ends up good, going to like a spiritualist commune and turning it <laughs> well, into a violent yeah. <laughs> cult, which is yeah. g- just goddamn funny. Uh, mm-hmm. And while Tuca is leaving her violent cult and Birdie is fleeing... The bakery and her whole life. Yeah, And everything is completely crashing down, in tears. Yeah, uh, they meet each other on the road and they get in the car together and they just drive off. Mm-hmm. And then the next episode is one of the most harrowing episodes of television well, I've we, seen in a long time. Well, because
0: it it all we finally learn a a lot about uh, Bertie. They end up going to a cabin where she that her family owned.
1: Yeah, uh, Jelly Lakes, where jelly. the lakes are actually made of jelly.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that, that there- surreal reality is still there. They run into their old high school coach who mm-hmm. is played by Jane Lynch and is like the coolest badass chick you've ever met. And she's living with her owl lover played by Isabella Rossellini. And I want to see a sitcom about just the two of them now. Yeah, they're fun they're really fun and and, uh,
1: and Tuka finds a lot of inspiration in them because they're like positive yeah. female role models which he never had before well and,
0: uh, again it, it goes we actually uh, skimmed over this in the episode where she's in the hospital but the yeah. reason she didn't like the hospital was because her mother fell uh, was it an accident or she fell ill I don't remember she fell ill
1: I think she fell ill she fell
0: yeah. ill and they said okay we're gonna take her to the hospital and fix her right up and she died there
1: yeah I have uh, similar uh, anxieties about hospitals because of my dad and, um, the uh, we actually never mentioned the it. reason why Tuka had side pain Uh, She had an egg. (laughs) There was an egg stuck in in her her, uh, her, uh, ovarian tube. And there's this really weird bit where she takes the egg home, and then she cooks it for lunch. Yeah, she eats it. It's so surreal. It's just just lunch. It's so weird. They take it out of her, and they they just just
0: hand it to her, and she's just sort of holding it. Oh, thanks. It's a big (laughs) egg. It's huge. It's
1: so fucking bizarre. Um, Anyway, they go to the Jelly Lakes, and... There, Birdie confronts things that she hadn't dealt with in her childhood. Uh, There was an island that she had trained all summer to swim to. It was like Mm -hmm. a big endurance test. And she never did it. And her swimming coach says, yeah, you just lost your interest in swimming. And you realize, no, I never did. Mm -hmm. And the reason why she lost interest is because a lifeguard sexually assaulted her. Yeah. And it is handled... in
0: 12 years old. It
1: is handled dramatically in Mm -hmm. such a... It's so shocking how quiet the episode gets, because it's such a lively program. Mm. Just the way that they dramatize that memory mm. kills your soul. Mm. Like, it's so well, they, heartbreaking they in use, every conceivable way.
0: They use very few words. Yeah. They use a lot of language that uh, we now, now the, sort of part of the common parlance, the yeah. way uh, uh, victimizers and stalkers actually use that kind of language. Yeah, And... Uh, Yeah, we sort of just sort of... Everything becomes very abstract all of a sudden. It becomes very shadowy. Mm -hmm. It becomes like everything's in silhouette. Everything becomes very stark. And we're getting all of the information and everything just explodes. First of all, your heart explodes for Bertie, for all all of this pain that she's been suffering. But... Why she is the way she is, the way a lot of her anxieties have come to manifest themselves, all come back to this moment in her childhood. Yeah, and she's never confronted it. And
1: I love how Tuka handles it. I love Tuca how is so great. Well, at it. And,
0: yeah. and she she comes out with this, and she is in. This, oh gosh, it's actually, it made me cry a little bit. Yeah, me too. She's in this wonderfully warm, supportive environment with her best friend, who she's had arguments with, but they've come to sort of to peace with one another, Mm. and these other women who are, who understand exactly what's happening. Yeah. Also the crab warriors, but that's. (laughs) That's something else that's totally bizarre.
1: It doesn't really go anywhere, but it's fine. It's fine. It's crab no, they, they become friends.
0: Again, this is another thing that's yeah. really sympathetic about the show. A crab warrior, this gigantic crab emerges out of Jetty- Jelly Lake. Jane Lynch <laughs> jumps on its back and starts ripping its legs off. And then there's a scene later where they're kind of recovering from all this trouble. And the gigantic crab warrior is there as their friend having a cookout with them.
1: How amazing <laughs> is it that the show can balance that level of comic surreality yeah. and that level of stark human drama mm. to the extent that a lot of filmmakers would be afraid to even touch it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of filmmakers would be afraid to even confront well, and, that as directly this, as the show. This
0: is why I said earlier that the surreality intensifies the emotions rather than yeah. using it as sort of like a metaphor for it. Mm-hmm. We're not using birds to explore something really real. We're using birds to uh, kind of get closer to the thing that's really, really real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's the way... These sorts of fantasy type program, like things that look like fantasy scenarios ought to play out. Yeah. And so yes, now she has this this kind of dark truth revealed. We know about her, her friends know about her, and now begins kind of a recovery process. and that's really exhilarating. The last episode's now- really great. Yeah, but the last episode is the Christmas episode, or it's, I guess it's the Molting Day episode. That's yeah, the version of Christmas in Bird World.
1: Um, and uh, what happens is, uh, Tuca and Birdie return. Mm-hmm. Uh, Birdie has a really difficult conversation with Speckle, and which Speckle, correctly, mm-hmm. says, you shut me out whenever you have a problem. I am left all alone. I don't know what the hell's going on mm-hmm. anymore. And he says, I still want to be with you, but, but I'm not going to do all the work. And and yeah. He, and he runs out. He says, I bought a house. It is a fixer-upper. I would love to live there with you, but if you don't want to, okay.
0: Mm.
1: And Birdie is forced to confront that. You know, listen, a lot of stuff that is not her fault has has led to her interactions, but now she has to take some responsibility mm. and has to decide what she well, wants.
0: And and again, this is, uh, he's angry, Yeah, but thank goodness he's not a dickhead about this. No, he's, there, he's, there could have been an episode where he said, that's something, that's on you. Yeah, you never I'm s- going to shut you out now. It's not about it, that. It's not about the male ego. Thank God fuck yeah but it's not about the male ego no and, it's, and just, it's actually it's just, about
1: i was worried about you you weren't answering my calls what am i supposed to think so it's it's
0: more about maintain bertie kind of learning to maintain her support system and that, also to communicate and better. yeah and to communicate with th- this, Specifically, this man who, who is actually inter-
1: expresses interest in supporting her he yeah. doesn't have all
0: the details but he he wants to be
1: there for he, her yeah and he, if he can't yeah. if she doesn't let him in Mm-hmm. And that's rough on him. And yet, what she is going through is rougher. We have seen it. But he doesn't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, so there's that's a difficult conversation. Then and then the, then... the plot, meanwhile, is... Uh... A
0: revenge plot against <laughs> against Pastry Pete. They say, "Well, we're all. Re- I'm a talented baker. You're really charismatic. You can get people into the store. Uh, Tuca T- is. that is Tuca can do that. Yeah. Uh, why don't we just open our own bakery? And it turns out that's really hard to do because Pastry Pete has a stranglehold on the pastries.
1: <laughs> well, he knows people." He knows people. He's been in the industry a long time. He's very respected. And if he says, don't help this person, don't give this person a deal on flour, mm. you know, if you're like the main, you know, provider in the city, they won't because mm. they need pastry Pete. And so she ends up going into a very small, uh, like, internet delivery business on her own. Mm. And they end up drumming up support by basically revealing that pastry Pete is an abuser. Mm. And if you want to really help other people... And uh, uh, startups And specifically women mm. Maybe you should order from Birdie <laughs> And then they do And it's all about Can they deliver all the packages in time And then they do something That I forgot I had questioned once <laughs> <laughs> Because it's all about How can we get all these packages to everyone in time well, And then they birds. suddenly remember they're birds <laughs> And that they can why, fly <laughs>
0: Why don't we hire a bird to fly us around And then they hire a falcon Yeah Yeah <laughs> <laughs> And they're <laughs> little birds. They're like toucans, t- t- and I, I I don't know what kind of bird she is. It's I, I th- like th- a sparrow
1: or something. Speckle's
0: a robin. I think. Yeah, she's. I'm gonna look it up because her, her actual species is is on record. Yeah. But uh, Birdie is yeah. a uh, bir- uh, a quote songbird. Oh, She's just songbird. Yeah. Well, that's her last name too. Uh, song she's, thrush. Song thrush. Oh, Birdie. I guess she's a thrush
1: then. Birdie song thrush. Uh, no, Roberto uh, song thrush. Duke yeah. of the toucan and Speckle is just, it's just speckle, speckle. I guess. But yeah, uh, it, Speckle's it, a robin. Yeah, but
0: I, yeah, I said. Sorry, uh, just but yeah, but they're in scale to a hawk. A hawk is a much larger bird. A hawk could pick them up in one of its talons and just fly them around. So they hire a hawk and it flies them around <laughs> and they drop pastries on people. I just don't know why they don't ever fly. They never do. They hire
1: a hawk. It's such a weird meta joke. And, and there's this it's weird... such a weird joke.
0: Uh, and, and this goes back to uh, what I remember of, of watching Lisa Hanawalt drawing uh, back in the day. But yeah, she has... Uh, I don't want to say childish, I'll just say a childlike sense of humor in a lot of respects. And that is such, it's bizarre, it's surreal, but it's kind of logical when you're five. Mm.
1: It's
0: like, you. if you ask a five-year-old, okay, a, a songbird and a toucan have a bunch of pastries, like little cakes that they need to live it's like a word problem in the, the first grade. Yeah. They have to deliver a lot of cakes. How fast is, and you know, yeah. what, what, what would your solution be? And a five-year-old would say, of course they hire a hawk to carry them around. <laughs> Like, th- there's this weird kind of childish logic that, to the humor in this show. The, the
1: brilliance of Tuca and Bertie, mm. I think... Well, one of the many brilliant things about Tuca and Bertie is the surreality and the reality. The mm. recognizable reality in the surreal world in which they inhabit sometimes uh-huh. take over for so long you forget the other one's there. Mm. And then when it pops up, it really hits you. Uh-huh. Like the Jelly legs episode. It's very mm. surreal and weird. And then the humanity of it and the actual harrowing human drama you realize that was there the whole time. I was distracted by the surreality mm. and now it's killing me and I'm sobbing on my couch. <laughs> and it's the same way where the actual like humanity of the characters and their human drama and them am just trying to succeed mm. at doing something relatively straightforward like starting a business. Uh, you get so wrapped up in how... Straightforwardly dramatic that is that you forget how surreal it is, and so when they buy, they rent a the hawk. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this is a strange program. <laughs> yeah, and these, it, and it's always playing fair. They establish, like even in like the credits, the credits are so lively and <laughs> exciting, and so unusually filmed. And there's mm-hmm. full of like. Buildings with breasts yeah, no, that all bounce the, in the wind. All the
0: buildings are just undulating, and yeah, the the yeah. everything's a snake, or everything's alive. Yeah, everything yeah,
1: yeah. is alive and strange, and everything is also mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. and meaningful. And this show should not have been canceled. Um, I can't. I uh, no, no.
0: It was definitely canceled too soon. Yeah. I really liked it. I would love to have seen this continue. Just its emotional frankness, and it, it's not even a matter of. Uh, like I wouldn't know where to go with this story-wise, but mm. I'm not creating the show. But I have the complete... show is so specific that mm. it,
1: we couldn't speculate. I mean, we can yeah. speculate about like a supernatural detective show because we have some sense of that. Mm. Duke and Birdie is too its own thing. Yeah, and for uh, us to suggest. But I, I have enough faith in the creators
0: from what I've seen, mm-hmm. and I'm not just saying this because I know Lisa. And I'm, I'm tra- I've been not talking about Lisa personally at all here, just yeah. as as a creator of a show. Um, I have enough faith in her and the people she's been working with and the writers on this show to continue to bring us through the perils of early adulthood, which in previous generations happened in your 20s, but this generation happens in your 30s, mm-hmm. and all the anxieties therein. And,
1: and it's so much more earnest than like a lot of the Judd Apatow versions of this.
0: Yeah, well, the Judd Apatow are, are about the men. Mostly, And, yeah. and yeah. the men... As you'll see, you know, in Judd Apatow, men are all emotionally immature. They have to contend with a lot of growing up because they haven't done a lot of growing up. Exactly. Um, these women are mature. They just have to acknowledge, well, maybe not Tuka, but uh, <laughs> they they have to uh, acknowledge a lot about themselves. And I feel like there are so many more personal revelations that these characters can go through that the uh, sh- makers of the show would want to explore. Right. Uh, that, yeah, I think... and. I don't see why it was successful and critically acclaimed. I don't see why they shouldn't have, but because of the Netflix model, look. they just they they only going to put in for a little bit and then pull out. Netflix so.
1: is looking for shows that will become a zeitgeist, mm. that will get everybody talking and get everybody subscribing to Netflix. And it, once that's done, they don't need the show anymore. Yeah, and there's a lot of they they flat out they've they've talked about how um, people will click on a show, but we won't necessarily click on it for future seasons because it doesn't look new. Mm. So, if it's not getting everybody talking, they're not going to renew it for another season. Mm -hmm. Tuca and Birdie, on the other hand, is a show that when it was cancelled, and when people, like myself included, were upset about its cancellation and talking about it on social media, a lot of people said, I hadn't heard of it. Yeah. Netflix did a shitty job raising awareness Hmm. of maybe the best thing they've ever done.
0: Uh, And... I did see billboards around town, and that was really cool. We're in LA, but we're though, and that's a yeah, different vibe.
1: Because in LA, Netflix well, has bought is... up a lot of billboard space because they A, they want people to know about Netflix, but B, they want awards, and this is that's where true. a lot this of these vote real voters arc. live. Yeah. Um,
0: Netflix is really baffling to me in one regard that they have a, a pretty impressive catalog. Uh-huh. Of, of original their, content, even. So, so, like good yeah, stuff, own, a lot of, of it. Uh, their own original content, a lot of yeah. that is really good. Some of it's not so good, but, you yeah, know, they, can't got all got be enough. winners. No. Uh, but they also have a back catalog of, like, famous TV shows and famous movies that they could... It's mostly just pop stuff, you know, the stuff you would find anywhere. Yeah, but very,
1: very little of it is old. But, there's, you know. there's not
0: a lot of deep-cut stuff. A lot of it's not old. But they have a catalog, and it's a little bit odd to me that they have chosen to focus on, like, one single gigantic release and put all of their energy into that one thing... When they still have all of these other things that they could perhaps also hype as well, or There's, maybe siphon a little bit of Roma's gigantic <laughs> ad campaign and yeah. put it into something else. There's a
1: really shitty thing that Netflix does because mm. um, Netflix releases, I think, they do stuff every Friday, usually, sometimes Tuesdays as well, but mm. Friday is usually the big day for new Netflix content every week, uh-huh. and that's when they'll release new movies that are catalog movies that they're adding to the service, also their new films and their new TV shows. Mm. Maybe two of those new Netflix originals are going to actually show up on your homepage. And they're not even the ones you'd necessarily think of. <laughs> right, Tuca and Birdie is the kind of show where it got some advertising. you got some hype. It's from people who it was one of the people who gave you Bojack Horseman. Uh, and yet a lot of people like, I, th- I think this is w- one of the many times this happened to me where I was excited about a new show on Netflix and I go on Netflix and it's like, what's new on this week on Netflix? Mm. Tuca and Birdie wasn't there. Yeah, it, like, I'm you, have like to, you
0: have to go digging for something. That it just, just came debuted. out. Yeah. It debuted
1: today, and you can't even put it on the homepage. The, yeah, put it on the fucking homepage if it's the first day. Mm. At least the first weekend. Like leave it up for a bit. Give people a chance to find it. You <laughs> you spent money on this. You might as well let people try to find it. Seriously. We didn't do Tuka. We was a temptation to do Tuca and Birdie right away because it was such a big deal and everyone was talking about it. A lot of people were tweeting us saying, "Do Tuca and Birdie?" I'm like, maybe. And the reason why maybe is because we kept hoping that the show would find another home, and it still theoretically could, but it's, it's not looking it's, good. It's not looking likely. Yeah.
0: Um, a lot of Lisa I think if it would have happened, what happened would happened right away. Lisa Hanna-Walt herself has said that it's it's the plug has been pulled, and it's one of those painful things where they don't just call you up and say, "No more Tuca and Birdie." They usually. Just sort of leave you hanging for a little bit or mm. or they say oh it hasn't been renewed but you know mm. we'll see what happens like they try to maybe give you a little bit of hope
1: now Lisa Hanwald went on Twitter and revealed mm. that Duke and Birdie would not be coming back yeah. and the, the many people who saw the show and were entertained and touched by it were r- r- livid yeah. And And there's an
0: outpouring of support Uh, this Halloween. There are a lot of Tuca and Birdie costumes out in the world. There
1: are so many networks and streaming services that could have picked up Tuca and Birdie. mm -hmm. There's so many. Even something like look, it's something like something like new, like Apple Plus could have picked it up. Yeah, why not? <laughs> like I would, I would have. Like, listen, we could use some. Apple Plus has got some interesting content up there. Like, I kind of want to see that new M Night Shyamalan show, and I really want to see that really weird Emily Dickinson show. Oh,
0: that Dickinson show looks amazing. I thought it? it was a
1: movie, and it was like, my most anticipated movie of the year, and then I found out it was a show, <laughs> and I'm like, like what?
0: It's, Ooh! Okay, so it's like Emily Dickinson's life via the CW. Yeah.
1: Wow. Apparently, okay, yeah. it's already been picked up for a season two. Oh, that's which, funny. Good for them. Bad for cancel too uh, soon in yeah. the podcast, but mm. good for them. Uh, but I will check that out at some point. But like something like Tuka and Birdie with like a little bit of like I there's a built-in fan base. Mm. Maybe not the biggest built-in fan base, but there will be people who will specifically subscribe to check this out. Yeah. That might have been useful for them. Like Disney no, wasn't well, going to do it, I, but I, like I'm not. I'm not sure, because this
0: is such a novelty in terms of the the great history of providing entertainment, the sort of launching your own gigantic streaming service mm-hmm. with, like, flagship new content is actually, like, a brand new idea. It's like starting a new network. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, that UPN doesn't, comes doesn't out, happen, we need yeah. 20 new shows. That doesn't happen too often. And so this idea of a new streaming network trying to poach another streaming network's original content... I don't think that's going to happen for a number of years yet. We have I don't to wait know, for man. something like I like really Duke and Birdie to be like a decade old well, before that streaming starts. Streaming
1: services were very eager to do that when mm. shows were dropped from networks. Yeah. Why were they eager to do that? Because that is instant fan base brought over. Mm. Hey, look, we're cool. We'll we'll keep Designated Survivor alive. There you go. We we're we'll, we're happy to do that. We'll bring over some fans. We'll only do it for like one or two seasons, but it's something. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they saved Lucifer for a couple of seasons. Exact same thing. Poaching from another instant streaming service, I, I don't know if it's been done yet, but I would not be surprised. Well, it, it would have been the first time,
0: and there's no precedent for it, I, is my point. I'm not point. sure. it th- feel like there must be
1: precedent mm. for that
0: of a streaming service taking another like, streaming like Hulu services. taking something original, from Amazon original not an original that maybe hasn't not. happened yet maybe not maybe not you uh, it, have been, right. it would have been big news if it had happened like if you're Hulu, probably if Hulu right. bought an Amazon show or vice versa you're probably that, right that, that w- we would have heard about that
1: you're probably yeah. right well uh in any case uh but for the record once mm. uh so we're all clear mm. in case you, you missed us gushing with praise <laughs> over Tuca and Birdie yes Tuca and Birdie was definitely canceled too soon. It's. I think it might be the best show we've reviewed since *Sweet Vicious*.
0: Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. It's yeah. it, it's really, really fantastic. It's hilarious. It's it's al- just alive and vibrating in a. In a- an old world animation sort of way yeah. I love the, the design of the characters I love that they don't walk regular like there's not a walk cycle <laughs> yeah, in, it's this, all, in this show yeah. it's like, like nothing the,
1: about it feels like we just took this mm. one out of the can mm. like this this shot this image this is just something we reuse over and over yeah, again like the characters are constantly like spazzing and flailing about yeah. and, and it's yeah. not about it's not about like puppeteering mm. the way a lot of CGI is where we're just going to move yeah. this three dimensional figure the way the three dimensional figure moves like no there's always something else they can do mm. that you would never expect god what a good show
0: <laughs> it's just really good yeah it did and that, that they were able to use that to amplify and explore uh, very real world uh in, notions of trauma and anxiety mm-hmm. in a non-contrived way in a non-metaphorical way uh, was was pretty brilliant also
1: incredibly funny <laughs> like i know we walked you through the whole plot and you're like oh maybe should i see the show we touched on point two percent of the jokes <laughs> like maybe point two mm-hmm. I, maybe
0: yeah. there's
1: so many gags in this show mm. and so many of them land like just die rolling on the floor laughing <laughs> it's so damn funny i okay,
0: wonder so, like i said the the uh yeah. the, the hospital machine whose wife was somehow held oh, God, hostage so was so surreal. bloody
1: funny oh gosh that was funny i wonder if the next show we're going to review on suddenly last season is going to be so funny and alive. I'm not sure if it'll be funny, but I heard some positive
0: things about it uh, from its one episode.
1: Oh, I mean, I think it's alive in a way that most protagonists aren't alive because the protagonist is a living plant. It's a li- not even one plant, like a pile of moss. Yeah. Uh, we are, of course, talking about Whiskey Tank. No, we're talking about Swamp Thing. <laughs> Swamp Thing is coming up next on Suddenly Last Season. Uh,
0: this is uh, a show that's airing on the DC streaming network. Yeah,
1: so we're both going to have to at mm-hmm. least try out the free trial. We're going to, yeah,
0: we don't have the DC streaming network because we're sane people. But uh, that's
1: not that's not fair. If good. you love that DC streaming, is also uh, streaming a lot of like you get access to their comics as well. So there's oh, like actually
0: you can get, like, digital copies of the comic books. I,
1: I haven't, I don't have it, so mm. I haven't touched upon it, but I know, like, I remember talking about, um, because, um, HBO is, and Warner Brothers are starting their own streaming service called HBO Max, mm. and one of the shows, I think one or two of the shows that they announced were DC superhero shows. Mm. And I was like, what? what? Sure, That's why you had DC Universe, was all the DC stuff. And I asked publicly, does anyone know if this means they're gonna ditch DC Universe? And, a uh, apparently a lot of people says i hope not because that's where i'm getting a lot of my comics so i guess it has a lot of value beyond simply Mm -hmm. you can see old reruns of justice Mm -hmm. league or i'm
0: I'm willing to bet dc this as a streaming network is not long for this world i bet it gets folded into hbo i bet
1: it gets folded into hbo Mm -hmm. max as like a channel within it Mm -hmm. over time because that's the problem with the whole streaming war is that there's too much and no one can subscribe to it all if they want to Mm. I mean, yeah, if you're really rich, fine But like most people are going to have to start picking and choosing And some of these, even good ones Mm. Are going to fail And then where's that content going to go? They're going to (laughs) reconsolidate Under something like Netflix or Hulu Or it's just one of them is going to start Picking up all the pieces of the small ones Because there's still all that great content And then the one that has all the content From all the different studios Is going to be the best one And we're just going to be like having Netflix again (laughs) (laughs) that's what we want I want it all in one place and I just want it all there and I'm fine with that if I have to pay a little extra to get certain like original content like hey you want all of HBO's original shows an extra three bucks a month okay I can do that that
0: sounds like a good plan to me I, I think the issue here is it's not just money like people can't afford to get all of these things maybe everybody can Maybe the money they were they used to be paying toward cable television costs about as much as subscribing to a dozen streaming stations. Then why did we switch? Uh, because it's all on demand. That's the only difference. Um, you, you don't have to tune in at a certain time; you can uh, well, watch it that's whenever.
1: That's what DVRs were for. Uh, they came uh, with we, your we, cable we, subscription. We
0: had them. We look. The system was already in place. Now we have the same system. Different. That's all that's really. Been uh, yeah, going it was just piecemeal and confusing. Um, uh, I didn't come up with this notion. This was actually something that was uh, I heard mentioned on uh, of, of all things, Red Letter Media. But they okay. mentioned that we are living on an entertainment bubble. Mm-hmm. There's too much TV. Yeah. there's too much content,
1: especially TV, serialized uh, TV, uh, yeah, seri- so serialized TV, much. and all time. all of these streaming Even services. Even critics don't have the time. That used to be our to, job. Yeah, we watch it so you don't have
0: to. We're, we're, and all of these people are trying to get in on this game and all trying to introduce all of this great po- all of this great content, and they're pouring huge amounts of money and getting really talented people to put together. Like Steven Spielberg has his own TV series now. They're bringing back amazing stories for the Apple Network. Uh, everybody knows what Disney's doing. There's not, there aren't enough hours in the day to keep up with just the A content. Yeah. You have to start picking, and it's not even a matter of like, okay, there were a lot of hit shows, you know, back in the 90s. You could, but you could watch all of those shows if you were committed. Mm-hmm. And there were so few in the conversation that you could catch up pretty easily.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We've already surpassed the point where it's possible to catch up. And we keep on adding more.
1: No, you're right. The bubble is going to
0: pop. And at some point, people are going to say, I give up. I can't keep up with this stuff. I'm going to cancel half of these things. I don't need to be this entertained. And I'm waiting for the day when the first major one closes. It's going to happen. There's going to be an entertainment bubble bursting. Mm -hmm. People will stop consuming television at the rate that they are because they just don't have that capacity. There aren't enough eyeballs, hours, and stamina in the world to keep up with that kind of content.
1: I wonder what the... F- I, mean, I know, like, because there's small ones that'll, that'll close up shop, like Filmstruck. Filmstruck close up yeah. shop, and the, some of the Turner Classic movie stuff is going to be on HBO Max. Hey, HBO Max, put them all on there. <laughs> I'm going to say this right now to every studio putting mm-hmm. on a streaming service, okay? If you're a studio, mm-hmm. you have a back catalog of films and television that date back decades, and in some cases, nearly a century. Mm-hmm. In the case of Disney in particular, now that it has Fox. Also, yeah. also Steamboat Willy goes back nearly that far, anyway. But like, not Jeff Fox. Mm. You have stuff going back about a hundred years. Where what, is what, it? Where is it? Yeah. Put it all out there. Just put it. It doesn't all have to be touched up and and like remastered. The good mm-hmm. stuff should be. But like, just put it all out there. Just you, make it available. I will pay for that. I will happily pay here, for that. And, and that's the frustrating thing. You
0: know, there's this, all of this talk of this big, mer- we're off on a tangent here. but yeah, Well, this, whatever. This, it's this, re- this, relevant because it, this, is, it's what relevant because this is what happened to Toucan Birdie. But, yeah, there's this, all those news about, you know, $70 billion is going into the Fox News station just so Disney can have the Fox film catalog so they can start their own competitive streaming service. And then they finally launch it. They launch this, like, list of titles. We're going to launch it. It's finally going to be there. It's like, okay. So you're going to have, like, Six thousand titles, right? It's just gonna be the yeah. entire Fox catalog.
1: I was actually excited for that.
0: They announced it and on one day it's like, okay, here are all the titles. We're gonna do it one by one. Ooh, this is gonna take like all week. You're just gonna keep releasing it week by week by week. It's like no, it's it's six hundred. It's like not even seven hundred
1: titles. Which I realize no. sounds like a lot. Uh it's not.
0: It's not and I understand like some of that is the Simpsons. That's twenty years worth of television. Okay, that's mm, a lot of content, but sure. that's
1: one title. In fact and, in fact, what you realize very, very quickly is that you know, all the content from like the 30s onward mm. That was like a dozen things
0: mm. Yeah from the there's Like, like there, yeah.
1: there are literally hundreds If not thousands of things That they you can... could have Put on there Many of them family friendly Like I'm not saying Like I don't I'm trying to think of like Early Fox movies That wouldn't be appropriate mm. But like Some pre-code stuff maybe. Yeah like let's let's. I'm trying to remember Like let's say Fox Did All Quiet on the Western Front Let's just say I, I, know, no. I don't think they did the, But let's say they did no. Yeah you're not gonna put it on Disney Plus That's not family friendly entertainment Put it on Hulu Yeah I want Uh, that shit on Hulu. You uh, You own Hulu. Make it a Hulu. (laughs) They're like, no, we're going to put the (laughs) FX network on Hulu. I don't care about Son of the Beach. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a shit. Who wants that? I mean, listen, put it on there, please. Like, it it exists. It should be on there. But like, I want everything. They
0: were were talking up this new streaming network, new streaming, all these new shows too. It's all these Star Wars shows and all these superhero shows. You're going to want to tune in to get all this new stuff and look at all this back catalog jungle to jungle ooh it was the krippendorf's tribe of its time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you bought up everything in the world you have access to thousands of movies but was really concerned of concern to you was putting meet the deedles on your
1: streaming yeah, you're service you're bragging about meet the freaking deedles and
0: like, i'm looking over this catalog it's like okay this is like a litany of the shit they put out in the 90s that killed the studio like there's a lot like the of 80s are... and 90s Look, that was
1: keeping them down it should all be there of course it I, should. I firmly believe it. it should all be there. But if and I know there's a fan a for everything. But a big deal
0: about having yeah. all of these titles, and
1: why are you not releasing them? I and hate of, this. And a lot of people are like, well, it's just what they first have. No, they have literally all of it. Mm. Just put it out. Yeah. Just put it out. Hm. I realize, I understand why you're not putting Song of the South out there. I don't, I'm not going to argue the point with you. That probably shouldn't be available for kids to just randomly chance onto without historical context. Mm. Put that one on Hulu (laughs) with a big old disclaimer (laughs) saying nowadays this is entirely inappropriate, but it's here for historical reference and Mm. maybe we'll have like an age gate on that for something. Like that's behind a window, but like, or even that, whatever. But like, just put it all out. (laughs) You, You have it all. Like, that's the thing that bothers me about streaming, was that they're, they're it was so, supposed to be so, this utopian uh, thing where, like, we're just going to get a, everything a, now. A, and actually, we have less than ever. We
0: have a permanent archive. They're, and I said this is an entertainment bubble, and this is all, like, they're so obsessed with all this new content, mm-hmm. and they're not bothering to, to restore or keep around any of the old content. Well, most of All it. of this new stuff is going to go lost mm-hmm. as these things start crashing, yeah, and the like, old stuff is just going to be kept in the vault. Like, look at and You're look, buying up all this stuff, and you're hiding it from the public while you're getting us sick of new entertainment entertainment to the point where we're not going to watch anything
1: like listen let's 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 look at this Like, look at something like shutter a, a streaming service mm. we have and it's great i love i, know, shutter. I love yeah. shutter very very much they're putting out original content mm. thank you for that if shutter dies where does that original content go and some people say well people will buy it up okay fine they might not distribute it mm. they might not buy everything some of it's just going to vanish forever mm. and without any physical copy of it mm. available for consumers even if it is just on fucking VHS so, it's gonna vanish mm. I don't want shit to vanish I want it to be available and I think making it all available is better than making only a tiny fraction of it available mm. I don't think that should be controversial someone was just like oh the entitlement of fuck. no I'm just saying what I want mm. I'm a consumer and here's I know you have it like I do like, Disney, I know you have Watcher in the Woods. <laughs> you have that in a, in a closet somewhere over there. Digitize it, put it on the service. Why is it not on there? You said you'd have everything. Mm-hmm. Jerks. I want my not-quite-human movies, damn it! <laughs> They're see- hard to find. Clean up the 100 lives of Black Jack Savage. You cowards! <laughs> I dare you!
0: Disney, I... Th- Fucking dare you. You could put that one title on, double your
1: price, I'd be tempted. I would be very tempted. I just want to cle- I would love a cleaned up version of Hundred Lives of Blackjack mm-hmm. Savage.
0: Right. Right now there's no way in hell I'm subscribing to Disney Plus. I just don't care. I, but, nothing about it is yeah. super
1: exciting. I mean, like I look, if Mandalorian was on Disney like X, I might watch it because I wouldn't like have to on, pay extra. Like yeah. it's just on cable. I'd be like, okay, for John Favreau's doing a sci-fi series, it happens to be Star Wars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll watch that. Werner Herzog's in it? I'll watch The Pilot. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm at. I'm not going to pay if, if, an extra. If it's better than
0: Cowboys and Aliens, I, I'm in.
1: I'm yeah. not going to pay an extra amount of money a month just for mm. that and just for a lot of movies that, if yeah, I cared mm-hmm. for them, I probably owned them on DVD anyway. Is, or, and we're gosh. lucky in this regard, we can get them from our local video store, which yeah, has a bigger
0: Disney section than Disney Plus does. It's true. It's really true. Yeah. they're Yeah, they release like 700 titles. Like, I own triple that. Like in my house. I mean, look, and I realize like...
1: there's a certain amount of privilege there because we had the money to spend on that yeah, back when okay. money was more readily available, like back well, in the 90s and early 2000s. Well, not
0: necessarily. The money we were spending on videos is now going into the streaming services. The money's still there. And it's just going point. to a different spot. I
1: mean, that's a good point. It's yeah. a good point. I just know some people are just like, I don't have the money to buy everything I want on Blu-ray. And I'm like, well, I just think... Because everything... you're paying for the streaming service." Well, I also yeah. think that everything that you want and care for and want to own is worth money. hmm because the people who made it, I wanted someone to look at. We're so far in the weeds, oh, it's, but it, this this needs to be said. We're, sad, we're yeah. wrapping this up, but like, mm. I just want to talk about the thing for me about streaming that is really interesting is that there was a court case decided. I think it was earlier this year mm-hmm. from the producers of Bones and Fox. Did you hear about this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know this. Story. This is really in, this is a really important court case, and I'll be surprised if this doesn't become important later. Uh, the producers of Bones said that by Fox. Not shopping Bones around to other streaming services and just putting it on Hulu cost the producers of Bones a lot of money because other streaming services would have paid more for it. Right.
0: They, they were saving money on the things they would have had to pay to the producers.
1: Exactly. Uh, they sued and they won. Mm-hmm. Because that's true. Fox didn't do their diligence in trying to make the most money possible. They talked about the, how much money they can keep as opposed to how much money they could make, and that's something that I think is really, really interesting. If Disney has all of these things, Mm. or Warner Brothers with HBO Max, any studio that has their own vertically integrated streaming service, especially if they start pushing out DVDs altogether.
0: Mm.
1: You have all of these movies and TV shows. All of those movies and TV shows, or at least the majority of them, probably owe someone royalties at some point. Mm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Somewhere Somewhere well, we'll see how it works but Now yeah. w- At what point Are you screwing over The people who deserve royalties Because mm-hmm. All of those like DVDs you were selling At like 15 to 20 bucks a pop Now People are spending 20 dollars a month Let's say mm-hmm. For Everything And as a result Everything Every single thing Ever produced Is now worth Less than a penny
0: mm-hmm.
1: How much do people get Do they get more yeah, People stream yeah. it more I really want to know the answer to these questions I really want to know if I was a if I was produced a movie this is
0: why there's a bubble man if I produced
1: a movie and I made money every time it's screened on television or something like that because that's how royalties work I would want to know the answer to that question and I want to see where it goes Mm. we have to end the podcast we have to
0: we we just keep on ranting you have to go pick up I have to go yeah
1: Uh, okay listen thank you everybody for listening Uh, head on over to our Patreon if you want to get a ton of exclusive content we've got all new episodes and stuff coming it's great Uh, follow us on Twitter Uh, we are at criticacademy claim I am at William Bibiani I'm at Whitney Seibel and again we'll be back next week with Swamp Thing is the swampiest thing we'll probably ever review unless we also review the animated series of Swamp Thing which also lasted only one season or the live action TV series of Swamp Thing which I think lasted two though the, the first original series yeah, I, think, I think was the season thing so we probably won't do that anyway <laughs> bye we'll see you next season and stuff <laughs>